Oh, I appreciate that. After you guys booed me last time, I appreciate it. <laughs> hey, let, let's open up with a word of prayer tonight, guys. Uh, Father, we just, we thank you for who you are. God, we thank you uh, for this time that we have at camp, a time to come together to have some fun, and most importantly, to, to open up your word and to learn about you. So God, I pray that tonight, uh, as we open your word, our eyes would be open to the truth of who you are and of what you've done. Father, I pray that tonight, as we study your word, we come to know you better, to love you more, and God, that ultimately that drives us to live lives of obedience to you our master. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so, so far, we've talked about the truth of God, right? Last night, we started out by talking about the truth of God, the, the idea that God is truth itself, that, that God defines what is true, that he is the standard by which all other truth claims are to be measured. This morning, we talked about how God reveals his truth to us, and that one of the, the most powerful, the clearest ways that God reveals the truth to us is in his written word in the Bible. Well, tonight, I want to talk about the truth, not just of God's written word, but of the incarnate word. Remember, I, I mentioned that um, this morning. I mentioned that idea of the incarnate word of God. So incarnate means incarnate. You guys like carne asada? Yeah, me too. Carne, meat, right? So incarnate, incarnate, um, that is the word of God made flesh, right? The word of God put into meat, right? And so um, that's Jesus. So tonight I want to talk about the truth of Jesus. I want to talk about how God has revealed himself to us through Christ, how he's shown himself to us through Christ, and ultimately, I want to ask one of the most important questions, no, scratch that, the most important question that you will ever answer. You see, life is full of big questions. It's full of big questions. Why am I here? What is my purpose? What is the, the, the purpose of life? Why did they ever make more Star Wars movies after the original trilogy? These are the big questions. All right? They're questions that we need to answer, but the biggest question that every single one of us needs an answer to is a question that's asked in Matthew chapter 16. If you want to turn there, you can. If not, we'll be spending most of our time in John, so that's all right. Listen to this question out of Matthew chapter 16. I'll start in verse 13. Now, when Jesus came to the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, buddy of the bath giver. Others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Now listen to this. This is the question. Jesus is going to ask it to his disciples, but it's a question that every one of us needs to answer. It's the most important question you will ever answer. Then Jesus said to them in verse 15, but who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? This is a question that every single person answers. Because even 
Not giving an answer to it is really giving an answer to it. Every person answers this question. Every person who hears about Jesus gives an answer to this question of who do you say that I am? And in the world today, there are all kinds of different answers out there. There are people with all different answers to this question. There are many people, maybe even most people, in our world today, in our society, who will answer this question with, Jesus is a wise teacher. They'll say, Jesus is a a very wise Jewish rabbi who lived 2,000 years ago, and he had some really great things to say about, about loving your neighbor as yourself. He taught this really great message, but that's all that he is. See, this is the, the answer that most people in uh, kind of American culture who call themselves uh, atheists or agnostics, most people will say that Jesus is a real person who actually lived. In fact, uh, even among secular scholars, that's uh, historians who, who don't believe in the Bible, there's no argument No serious argument that Jesus never existed. Everybody agrees, whether they're Christians or not, they agree that Jesus is a historical figure. He's a real person who walked the face of the earth. So most of them, what they'll say, if they don't believe in Jesus, they'll say, well, he was a wise teacher. He had some good things to say. He taught us about loving each other well, but that's all that he is, just a wise teacher. In in some other religions even, They'll say that Jesus, yeah, he existed, but he's just a prophet. Islam says that Jesus was just a prophet. That's all he was. He had some good things to say. He taught some good things, but he's, at the end of the day, he's just a wise teacher. Many others will say, no, Jesus wasn't a wise teacher. Jesus was just a con man. He was a liar. He, he tricked people. He fooled people. And, and everything that he said was untrue. Everything that he said was a lie. And so many people will fall into one of these two camps. They'll say Jesus is either a wise teacher or Jesus is a con man. Either Jesus is a, a, a very smart, um, wise uh, sage who gives us all kinds of great advice about how to live life, or Jesus was just a con man trying to trick people in order to build up his own fame. He's like many other religious con men that came before him and came after him. We see people all the time trying to use religion as a way to gain their own power, and Jesus is just another one of those guys. So many people in the world will give us one of these two answers to this question. But what was the answer of Jesus' disciples when he asked? Specifically, the answer of Simon Peter here in Matthew 16. Jesus said to him, who do you say that I am? In verse 16, it says, Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. See, there's a third option in all of this. Option one, Jesus is a wise teacher, a prophet, He's just a man, but he's like a really smart, really wise, really cool, really happy, really kind man. Option two, he's a con man. He's just trying to trick people 
in order to build up his own name and his own fame and his own power? Or option three, Jesus is exactly who he says he is. Jesus is Lord. Those are our three options. And this is the debate that has raged for now thousands of years. For 2,000 years plus since Jesus walked the face of this earth, this debate of who is Jesus, is he this wise teacher, is he this con man, or is he really the Lord of all? This debate has raged around the world for thousands and thousands of years. And you know what? This debate was raging around the life of Jesus. People were having this argument, this debate, who is this Jesus guy, even as he was walking around here on earth? And we see this debate come up throughout the book of John. You saw it tonight in that skit as the, the pup, Theo, he was on the stand making these incredible claims about himself. And then they brought up all these, these different dogs, or I guess there's one cat, um, who had seen him do these miracles. Right? And there's this debate going on about who is Theo, really? Or in the, the scriptures, in truth, in history, the debate going on, who is Jesus, really? And so what I want to do tonight is I want to look all throughout the book of John, and I want to see this debate play out. But what we're going to do is we're going to ground it in one story, one story of a miracle that Jesus did that we see in John chapter 9. John chapter 9. So go ahead and turn there with me. John chapter 9, we'll start in verse 1. This is the healing of a man born blind. And what I want to do as we see the story is I want to see exactly what people are saying about Jesus and how this argument, this debate about who Jesus is, rages on in the background of this story. Okay, so John chapter nine, starting in verse one, we see this. As he passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, that means teacher, who sinned, this man or his parents that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, it was not this man that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. And we must work the works of him who sent me while it is day, for the night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And then having said these things, he spit on the ground and he made some mud with saliva and he anointed the man's eyes with the mud. And he said to him, go and wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. And so he went and he washed and he came back seeing. This man who was blind from birth, he had never seen his entire life. Jesus puts this mud in his eyes and says, go and wash in this pool. The man does as Jesus says, and he comes back now able to see for the first time ever. And then the neighbors, this is verse 8, the neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar were saying, is this not the man who used to sit and beg? And some said, it is he. And others said, no, but he is like him and he kept saying, I am the man. People were saying, isn't this the guy who used to be blind and sit here asking for money? 
And some people are like, no, he kind of looks like him, but there's no way that's him. And he's going, no, guys, it's me. It's me. I can see now. He says, I am the man. Verse 10. So they said to him, how were your eyes opened? And he answered, the man called Jesus made mud and anointed my eyes. And he said to me, go to Siloam and wash. And so I went and I washed and I received my sight. And they said to him, where is he? And he said, I do not know. So they brought to the Pharisees, the man who was formerly blind, the Pharisees, right? Our purebreds up here in the skits. They brought this man before the Pharisees. And in verse 14, we see this. Now it was the Sabbath day when Jesus had made the mud and opened his eyes. So the Pharisees again asked him, now that he had received his sight, and they said to him, and he said to them, he put mud on my eyes and I washed and now I see. And some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God for he does not keep the Sabbath. How can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was a division among them. Sorry, but others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was a division among them. So they said again to the blind man, what do you say about him since he opened your eyes? And he said, he is a prophet. So what happened? This man who was born blind, had never seen a day in his life, comes into contact with Jesus. Jesus makes some mud, puts it in his eyes. He washes it, and now he can see. And people started asking him, how? How did this happen? They bring him before the Pharisees, the religious authorities. They say, explain to them how you said your eyes were, were healed. And some of the Pharisees say, look, this guy, this Jesus, he's a sinner. But then others of the Pharisees say, whoa, 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 whoa. How could a sinner do this incredible thing and heal this man's eyes? And then they say to the man who's born blind, they say, well, what about you? Who do you say that he is? This is the big question, right? The question that all of us have to answer. And so they ask the man whose eyes Jesus has just healed. And what does he say? He says, he is a prophet. He is a prophet. Now that's right, but it doesn't go all the way. It's close to right, but it's not quite enough. He says he is a prophet. Because you see, Jesus' actions had ruled out the idea that he was a con man. They ruled out the idea that he was just some sinful con man just trying to seek his own glory and build up his own name and build his own fame because what, he, what had he just done? He had just done an actual, legitimate miracle. He'd taken a man who was actually blind his whole life and he had healed him so that he was able to see. And we see this time and time again throughout the book of John. Saw it play out in the skit today. Time and time again, Jesus' actions ruled out the idea that he was a liar. His actions ruled out the idea that, that he was just in it for himself, ruled out the idea that he was someone who was powerless and just tricking people because a sinner could not have made that blind man see. A sinner could not have done the things that Jesus did. A con man could not have done the things that Jesus did. In John chapter two, we see Jesus turn water into wine. Con man can't do that. 
A liar can't do that. In John chapter five, we see Jesus heal a lame man, a man who cannot walk. Jesus heals him and says, take up your mat and walk. A liar cannot do that. A con man cannot do that. In John chapter six, we see Jesus feed 5,000, over 5,000 people with just five loaves of bread and two fish. A liar cannot do that. A con man cannot do that. In John chapter six as well, we see Jesus walking on the water. I can't do that. You can't do that. A liar can't do that. A con man can't do that. Here in John chapter nine, we see Jesus healing a man who was born blind and giving him his sight for the first time. A liar can't do that. A con man can't do that. You can't do that. I can't do that. And then... One of Jesus' capstone miracles, and we saw it in the opener. In John chapter 11, Jesus goes to the tomb of Lazarus, who has been dead for days, and he says, Lazarus, come out, and the dead man is made alive again. A liar cannot do that. A con man can't take a man who has been dead for three days and tell him to walk out of the grave. See, Jesus' actions show us that he could not be a liar. He could not be a con man. His actions showed that he was something else. But you see, the thing with Jesus' actions is that while they impressed most people, while most people who heard the incredible power of Jesus' miracles were impressed by them, Some people were enraged by them. Some people were angered. His actions impressed many, but his words angered many. So let's continue on in John chapter 9, continue on in the story of the man born blind. In verse 17, he confesses, he says that he is a prophet In verse 18, we'll pick up with this. Then the Jews did not believe that he had been born blind and had received his sight. So again, they're saying, no, this can't be true. This can't be what's happening. He's got to be a con man. They didn't believe him until they called the parents of this man who had received his sight. And they asked them, is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he see? And his parents answered, we know that this is our son and that he was born blind. But how he sees, we do not know nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He is of age, and he will speak for himself. The parents said these things because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that if anyone should confess Jesus to be the Christ, he must be put out of the synagogue. So they bring his parents, and they say, is this really your son? Was he really born blind? And if so, how did that happen? And they go, yes, it's our son. Yes, he was born blind. We don't know who did it, because they were afraid that if they said Jesus is the one who did this, that they'd be thrown out of the synagogue. They'd be kicked out of society. So his parents are cowards. They don't stand up for him. They say, ask him instead, and then listen to what happens. Therefore, his parents said, he is of age, ask him. So for a second time, they called the man who had been blind, and they said, give glory to God, because we know that this man is a sinner. Now, something's changed here, right? At first, there was this division. Some said he was a sinner. Some said he wasn't, because how could he do this if he was a sinner? But now they say, hey, give glory to God, because we know that this man is a sinner. Stop giving this man credit. Give the credit to God instead. For we know that he is a sinner. Sorry, I lost my spot. Um, Verse 25, and he answered, whether he is a sinner, I do not know. But one thing I do know, that though I was blind, 
now I see. And they said to him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? And he answered them, I have told you already and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? I think he's being a little sarcastic here. So do you also want to become his disciples? And they reviled him saying, you are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. And the man answered, why this is an amazing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone who is a worshiper of God and does his will, then he listens to him. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, then he could do nothing. And then they answered him, you were born in utter sin and you teach us, and they cast him out. So what happens? They bring the man born blind before them a second time. And they tell him, look, we know that this Jesus is a sinner. You said that he's a prophet, but we know that he's a sinner. So now tell us what actually happened. He says, guys, I already told you. Jesus came and he healed me. And you say that he's a sinner, but we know from his actions that he's not. Because how can a man who is a sinner do these things? But the Pharisees are stuck on this. They say, we know he is a sinner. Now why? Why are they so insistent on this fact that he's a sinner? Well, Jesus' actions in healing this man, he healed him on the Sabbath. They, they have some issue with that, but I think their issue with Jesus here, their claim that Jesus is a sinner goes deeper. Not just to Jesus' actions, but to his words. Because all throughout the book of John, what we see is Jesus saying things that someone who's just a prophet or someone who's just a wise teacher cannot say. In John chapter 5, 17, Jesus says, my father is working. And when he says my father is working, he's referring to God. See, Jesus calls God in heaven his father. In John chapter 8, verse 58 as Jesus is arguing with the Pharisees, he says something even more offensive to them. He says this, he says, before Abraham was, I am. Now, why is that such a big deal? Why is that so offensive? Because I am is the name that God gives to Moses, God gives of himself to Moses in the burning bush. When God appears to Moses in the burning bush, and all of these Pharisees would have known this story out of the book of Exodus, when God appears to Moses out of the burning bush and Moses said, who should I say to Pharaoh? Who should I say sent me? God tells him, I am that I am. You shall tell him that I am sent me. So when Jesus is then saying, before Abraham was, I am, what Jesus is saying is that I've been around forever. I've been around since before Abraham. I've been around since before all Jerusalem. I've been around since before any of this, and I am God. That's what Jesus was saying. A prophet, a wise teacher, cannot say, I am God, and still be a wise teacher, and still be just a prophet. 
He called God his father. He said, before Abraham was, I am. In John 10, 30, we see him go even further. He says, I and the father are one. He says that he is one with God the Father. In John eleven twenty five, 25, he says, I am, there's that phrase again, I am the resurrection and the life. That's what he says as he raises Lazarus out of the tomb. And in John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. So why were the Pharisees so intent on this idea that Jesus was a sinner and not a prophet? Because a a prophet could not say the things that Jesus had said. See, a sinner, a con man, a liar could not do the things that Jesus did and a prophet, a wise teacher, a sage, could not say the things that Jesus said because if Jesus was just a prophet, then the Pharisees are right. If Jesus was just a a wise teacher, then they're right to call him a sinner because it is an incredible, grievous sin for someone who is not God to say, I am God, that's blasphemy. And so Jesus' actions show us that he is not just a common liar. He's not just a con man. He's not just someone in it for himself. He's not just fooling everybody. His actions show us that he's not just a sinner. He's not a sinner. And his words show us that he's not just a prophet. He's not just a wise teacher. A wise teacher couldn't say the things he said. And a con man couldn't do the things he did. So we're left with one option. Let's continue our story here in John chapter 9. Picking up in verse 35, it says this. Jesus heard that they cast him out. They cast the the man who was formerly blind out of the synagogue. Jesus heard that they cast him out, and having found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Here it is. It's another form of that big question, the most important question we all have to answer. Do you believe in the Son of Man? And he answered, And who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. And then listen to this man's words in verse 38. He said to him, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. Jesus asks him, do you believe in the Son of Man? Son of Man is a title that we see throughout Scripture about the Christ, the Messiah, the one who is going to come and to save God's people. He says, do you believe in the Son of Man? He says, who is he? And Jesus says, I am him. And what does the man do? He says, I believe, Lord. I believe that you're the Christ. I believe you're the Messiah. I believe you're the one who's coming to save us from our sins. But he doesn't just stop there. What does he do next? says he worshiped him. You don't worship a sinner. You don't worship a con man. You also don't worship a a wise teacher. You don't worship a sage. You don't worship a prophet. Do you know who you worship? You worship God and God alone. Throughout scripture, God is the only one deserving and worthy of worship. And here this man bows down before Jesus and worships him because he's realized 
that his actions show us that he cannot be a liar, that his words show us that he can't just be a prophet. And so the only option left is that he really is who he says he is. He really is the way and the truth and the life. That he really is I am. That he really is God. That he really is Yahweh. That he really is the one who has existed before all things. The eternal son of God the maker of heaven and earth, that he really is everything that he says he is. This man realizes all of that truth all at once. And what does he do? He bows his knee and he worships Jesus. Because when we realize who Jesus is, that is our only option. It is to bow our knees before him and to worship. So here's the question for you tonight. Here's the question for you tonight. Who do you say that he is? What what about you? Do you take Jesus at his word? Do you believe him when he says, before Abraham was, I am? Do you believe him when he says, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except by me. Do you believe him when he makes a claim in no uncertain terms to be God himself, the very revelation of God? Do you believe him when he says who he is with his words and with his actions? Do you call him a con man? Do you call him a wise teacher? Or do you call him your Lord? If the word of God is true, if this book is true, if what it has said about Jesus is true, then listen, there is no other option. He is who he says he is. He is Lord of all. He is God in the flesh. And our only right response to that is just as the man who was previously blinded to bow our knees, and to worship. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you for the revelation of Jesus, for the truth of Jesus. God, we all have to answer that question of of who do we say Jesus is. Father, I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit working on our hearts that we would say that Jesus is Lord that he's more than just a wise teacher, he's more than just a prophet, that he's certainly not a sinner, he's not a con man, not a liar, but that he really is who he says he is. He is the maker of heaven and earth, the one who holds all things together by the power of his word, the power of your word. Father, we thank you that you have revealed these incredible truths to us in scripture. God, we pray that we would believe in them, trust in them, put our faith in them. In Jesus' name, amen.